Hello, my name is Christine Deeson, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Modern Artist Project. Today, I'm with Angie Emily Joseph. She was born and raised in Naples, Florida, to Haitian parents. As a visual artist, she uses her art to tell stories that resonate with different groups of people. Currently, she will be releasing three online exhibitions, Woman and Femina, which will also feature her work, Willa. Women in Art will feature her work, Everything is Worse Now, at the Las Laguna Art Gallery. Her primary medium of choice is watercolor and ink. Thank you, Angie, for joining us today. Thank you, Christine. So I know I talk a little bit about, you know, your background, you know, what you do as a visual artist, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about your story and what led you on this path. Sure. So I remember being really involved in the arts and things like that when I was a child. I actually grew up playing the guitar, singing, doing all that stuff in church. And then I got a really strong pull towards the visual arts as, you know, I got older and I started to let go of my you know, guitar playing and really focus more on my visual artwork. And it got to a certain point where it was time to decide what I wanted to do career-wise. And I felt a really strong pull to go in a traditional career, not necessarily because I wanted to, but because I felt like it was uh, the right thing (laughs) to do. But then I also had a really awesome set of teachers and mentors who were saying, you know, there are, your voice is really important. Just as being a woman of color and as also being a child of immigrants being, you know, specifically in the United States uh, as a first generation kind of a person and that your story could resonate with a lot of people who have similar backgrounds who may want to pursue that kind of career but are afraid to because of you know external factors so it it really became for me a part of I want to be able to be not only like a role model to people who have similar backgrounds but to also tell stories of people who look like me who have who may or may not have similar experiences as me and to really open the lens of what it like what it is to be a woman of color in America but to be a woman of color who is a first-generation American as well. No, this is really great. And I I love the fact that you talk about this idea of storytelling in your art. So in regards to, you know, for example, the painting, I love the painting behind you right now because of the fact that it's, you know, the color of the, you know, is so vibrant. Could you tell us, you know, um, how you approach the visual arts and, you know, in regards to incorporating that element of storytelling. Yeah. So, you know, my background is being Haitian, being Haitian. It is a culture where we are very, very not afraid of color. We love color in this culture and this piece behind me, this is actually everything is worse now. And even though with the title, you'd think that it's something like super gloomy and everything like that. But a lot of times, especially around the women that I've seen growing up, even when they were struggling and had problems and everything, they're still in these bright, vivid, beautiful sorts of colors. 
but then they would take a moment, especially if things got overwhelming, not showing their faces when they were overwhelmed and in these moments. And I found myself doing similar sorts of things, being in that kind of environment. So I like to, I really like to focus on moments like that while also playing homage to my culture by, you know, not being afraid of color and really just going for it. Even if some of the topics that I may want to delve into may be things that are a little bit darker uh, in subject matter, darker in the sense of how they were created. I still want there to be that light color sort of happiness element to it, even if it's just a, you know, a little bit of a bright spot. And I think with being Haitian, specifically as well there's a really big tie with the family and the family unit so a lot of my works as well feature my family members as well and i think that in doing so i'm really able to you know have this idea of you know putting not only just my family on the stamp on how can i say this putting my family in a positive view as you know, especially with being Haitian, I think that we tend to get a really bad rep <laughs> in terms of like how the the country is and like, you know, all these different stereotypes and things like that. So, you know, just really framing specifically my family in a positive light and my culture in a positive light and like the brightness and boldness that comes with it. And I think that's really great that you highlight those things, not only just about your culture, but also to, you know, when we think about, you know, the ideas of, you know, sadness, you know, despair, that we would usually associate it with like dark, gloomy colors, right? And I know I've been to several museums and I've seen different artists convey that in different ways. But what's really interesting is the fact that, you know, when we think about the subject, right, and you talked about this idea of not showing your face because of the fact that, you know, it's so expressive, you know, our faces are so expressive, we can express joy, we can express sadness, we can even express anger. But at the same time, you know, if there's that despair that we want to hide, you know, we just turn away because of the fact that we don't want to illustrate that to the people around us. I think that's that's really amazing that you're, you, yeah. you take those ideas and um, uh, implement it in such a way. And, you know, the idea of, you know, even, you know, even just looking at the painting behind you, the fact that she's holding the table, you know, as a means of having that type of stability, despite, you know, that sadness or despair that she feels, I think that's that's really amazing. Yeah, and I think as well, just also paying attention to body cues as well. I think a lot of things can be hidden in our bodies and how we present and have them. So in this specific painting, just because it's the one that's behind me, you know, she's slunched over the table. She's really putting all of her weight on the table because she can't you know, in good faith, hold up this weight by herself any longer. She needs that additional stability, that additional support. And it's okay to have that. You know, it's a human emotion. It's okay to not always be so strong. <laughs> it's strong to have those weak moments as well. And, you know, this idea of vulnerability. Uh, so I know you talk about this idea of, you know, being able to convey 
you know, these types of stories, these types of emotions, you know, giving the viewer the imagination of being able to say, okay, this is what I'm getting from this, not only because it's a beautiful painting, but the fact that, you know, Angie's working on telling a story and I want to be able to understand that story. How, throughout your development, how were you able to come to this point? I'm, I'm very curious to, to know in regards to your artistic output. Yeah. So I think for me, I have a really interesting sort of artistic process. I I, te- I think the usual artistic process is to really work in your sketchbooks to really try and play with ideas and things of that nature. But in my sketchbooks, I actually probably draw less and write more about the specific feelings and emotions and what the overall, I guess, vibe or feeling or emotion that I'm going for. So a lot of times when I'm thinking of a new painting, what I'll actually do is write out what I can envision in my head and then I'll bullet point it. So I'll kind of outline it in that kind of a way I might do like quick sorts of like chicken scratch drawings but really a lot of my work is just sitting and being like, okay, what is the actual story that I want to tell? It's not necessarily a visual thing for me to begin with. It's like, okay, what what is the actual purpose of this painting? I don't necessarily want this painting to simply be a pretty thing. What's the story that we're conveying? What's the emotion? What's What are we trying to go after? And I think by... It's not something that I started to do until I was in undergraduate school. And really, like, we were encouraged to do those little thumbnails and everything. And I found myself not really being drawn to doing them the traditional way. I just found myself really sitting and writing and being like, okay, what is this scene supposed to actually be? I used to also do creative writing. And when I would do creative writing and things like that, I tended to focus on super mundane, really intimate moments, snapshots in time. And I think that in general, my pieces follow the same sort of, I guess, idea or framework in the sense that I I, I want, I don't necessarily want the moments to be things that people can't connect to themselves. Right. I want someone to be able to look at the piece and be like, I know what this painting is supposed to convey because I've actually done something very similar or I can understand why she would be this tired. Maybe I don't understand why she's tired, but I can sit and reflect and be like, yeah, like exhaustion. She's sad or she's this or maybe she's angry. When you look at a piece of work, I think that a lot of times people are trying to figure out what did the artist mean by this specific thing? Why did they make the choice, the specific choices that they did, which is all great and good. But I also want everyone who sees my pieces to be able to have that self-reflection moment within themselves to be able to say, why, why does this speak to me so deeply? How do I connect to this as a person and not just looking at this as an art fan or an art critic. 
And I and I think these are really great points, you know, because of the fact that, you know, when we think about the power of art, whether it be the creation of art or, you know, being able to experience art, it can be, you know, you could have this very superficial experience where it's like, oh, that's really pretty or actually be like, hey, you know, being able to take in an artwork, uh, being able to reflect on it, being able to understand creating an idea or, you know, having the imagination to come up with, oh, this is this is what this is about. Or at least it may not be exactly with, with what you mentioned earlier about what you feel, but being able to relate on it on a personal level so that it's accessible. I think that's really, really great stuff. So one of the questions that I have is, you know, when we think about art, you know, in our society, you know, whether it's, you know, visual arts, whether it's theater, whether it's music, how do you feel it's relevant and why, you know, people should really, you know, go for it and support it? Yeah. I mean, I think that at the core, art is self-expression. Art is what really makes life interesting and worth living. Art is all around us, you know? And I think that especially in being in a digital age, we can really appreciate and see that all around. People aren't necessarily wanting what, you know, big media is showing and producing. A lot of people are interested in other works and other points of view that, you know, may have been more may have been more difficult to find without being in this digital age, you know, and I think that's something that's really, really interesting, something that's really, really special, because I think that there is this level of wanting to learn and wanting to at least be more aware, be more cognizant of other people's experiences as well. And I think art allows for that to happen. It allows it allows the person to be taken out of their own little bubble and be put into worlds that you wouldn't necessarily be exposed to otherwise. And I think that's something that's really important too. You know, you mentioned this idea of emotion, this idea of feeling, right? You know, and sometimes we can be really scared of our emotions, you know, especially if it's something that doesn't make sense to us. And I feel like, you know, not only just for visual artists, but for people who experience art, you know, visual arts, paintings, you know, drawings are able to, you know, feel something, you know, I always tell people, if you go away from a concert or you go away from an experience, right, an artistic experience, and you go away feeling indifferent, then there's something wrong. You either, you can love it or you can hate it. And, you know, and that's okay to have those extreme emotions. But I feel like, you know, when we talk about education, Angie, how do you encourage your communities to be able to, you know, develop this appreciation for art? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is that some people are like, at least in my communities and everything like that, I think that there's this like element of, oh, yeah, this is pretty to look at or look at all the technical skill that has gone into it. But then it's also like, okay, let's let's look deeper than just like it being an overall pretty image and the technical ability of it. What are what do you feel when you see it? What are the things that draw you towards it? 
what are the emotions that you have towards it? I think as artists, or at least maybe speaking for myself here, but there are times where I feel like, you know, does anyone really care about what I have to say? And I think that's an emotion that a lot of people feel. Does anyone really, does anyone really care about what I have to say? Does anyone feel the way that I feel? And I think that art with art, you're able to experience those things and realize, Hey, like, it's not just me who are feeling these types of way. It's not just me who may be behaving in a certain kind of way that, you know, isn't the norm. I think it's re- it's something really special when you're able to have that accessibility to art in the way that, you know, it's it's not something that's so far removed. I think that sometimes when people think of art and, you know, music and different things, they feel like it's not for them. It's not accessible for them. It's too highbrow. They won't necessarily understand what the art is about. And that's not that shouldn't necessarily be the case. You know, you should be able to experience the art in the way that you experience it. I agree with you, you know, and that's one of the things that I feel like within our society, you know, be it within the communities that we work with daily, be with be it with the communities that we work through digital media. You know, the idea that when we think about, you know, how we can make art accessible, it's not like it was 30 years ago. You know, when we think about, oh, you know, this this piece was made by this artist and it cost this much, you know, we should be able to say, okay, there's nothing wrong with putting a value on art, right? Because art should be valued. If anything, art should be cherished, you know, in regards to, you know, the emotions, the time, the energy, the, you know, overall feelings, you know, that are immersed in, you know, this creation. But at the same time, it's one of those things that how do we communicate those to, you know, communities? You know, we talk about this idea of, you know, different communities. You talked about, you know, having come from, you know, uh, Haitian parents and being, you know, within that, you know, um, mindset of like, I want to express who I am, what my identity is. And I know there's people who look like me who want to share that too. So do you have any suggestions in regards to how we could, you know, better do that? I think in terms of just, you know, being able to make things more accessible is especially like with, in my case, people who look like me or even people who look like you is just having more works where they feel represented and seen. I remember going to art galleries and everything like that when I was younger and even now where there there are times where there are like specific exhibits to feature you know people of color and you're like whoa like wow I can actually see myself here like people that look like me I remember uh, about a year ago there were a few exhibitions at the Ann Norton Museum in West Palm Beach and there was a whole section on you know black artist and you know the black figure in the black body and it was beautiful it was amazing but it was like it, it was a specialty exhibition that's not something that's like consistently there which is unfortunate you know because then you know if you're going into these spaces and you're not seeing works by people who look like you or works that have that feature people who look like you 
I feel like there is some element of, oh, then maybe the space isn't for me, you know? And I feel like that's part of the barrier as well. So being involved in the community and being able to show your art in the community, and that's something I'm, you know, still learning and trying to get more comfortable with, with sharing and being more out into the community and not just the community on an in an online setting, but out in the world and being like, hey, like, this is, you know, not typical to like Floridian, the Floridian palm trees and everything. But as you're walking past, it's like, hey, like, this is a figure that could have been me, it could have been my mom, my sister, my dad, anyone that looks like me. And I feel like once we start making things accessible in that way, I feel like there, there's more of there's more of a draw to the spaces that we want to see our communities come into. And I think this is really great, you know, uh, and I, I feel in a similar place too, uh, especially with my students, you know, being able to say, you know, you don't have to apologize. You, you are welcome in this space. You can, you know, express yourself through this instrument and, you know, whether it's like, you know, the idea of gender, the idea of color, you know, it's, you just have to go for it, you know, you know what, you know, I, I don't know what, where this quote came from, but like, she just went for it. And, you know, when she went for it, she got it. And, you know, without that self doubt that I feel that sometimes that we have, and I can at least say that I've had it in my career. Uh, and but being able to encourage others, you know, being able to help them to develop that confidence, you know, in their own voice, which you've mentioned several times. And I feel it's so important, you know, in in the making of art. Now, when we talk about the idea of the digital age, right? Yeah. Social media and all those things. How do you feel about, you know, sharing in those spaces? Yeah, I mean, it's a really... You know, I sometimes I have my struggles with it in the sense of like, you know, this is art that I've created and I'm really excited to share and show this art that I've created and wanting to get it out to, you know, different communities and people who may be experiencing similar sorts of emotions. But at the same time, I think there's that element of fear that your art can also be taken and then be uh, someone else claiming your artwork as their own. I think there's always that element of being like, yes, I want to put this out here. I'm so, so excited. But then also there's that element of, will someone then claim their work as my own? You know, and especially with like, uh, the, in the AI space even, you know, a lot of those AI generators, they use they use outsourced images from other artists and everything like that. So there are artists who have art in those very similar styles and they're just like, whoa, like this thing that I've created is now just like a click of a button. People are like, look at what I've done. And uh, there's this idea of, okay, does my voice even really matter? So I think that that's something that's really interesting with the digital age. But then there's also like, the idea of being able to get it out to so many more people than you would have been able to without it as well. But then there's also this idea of, uh, I guess, critique in the sense of like, you know, 
people can feel the way that they feel about your art you know really like as long as they feel something you've done your job but at the same time I think as being an artist with being in a digital space specifically it's also then really easy to get caught up on those like negative sorts of comments and things on your artwork you could have all the positive things that are said and you focus on like the one negative thing and i think as an artist it's it th that's a very natural sort because you're putting you're bearing your soul and you're bearing your heart out there you know and then to have your work able to be so openly criticized with people who can't necessarily confront you in their criticisms and you actually being able to see these multiple criticisms from the different people that you're trying to reach is also really interesting and it's also like at least for me i i was struggling a little bit ago because i was like it seems like everyone likes this sort of painting that i do so then should i continue painting in this way even if it's not necessarily the emotion that i'm trying to convey the story that i'm trying to tell because it's what people want to see and i think you know with what you've just mentioned you know this idea of what people want versus what you want you know what you want to share I think that's like something that's very profound that I think a lot of our audience would be able to relate to. You know, when we think about, okay, so if I play this repertoire uh, and this is my repertoire, I am identified with this repertoire, you know, as, as a musician or, you know, even for acting, like if I'm identified in this role, in this type of role, am I going to get, you know, casting for only this type of role, Right. right. And it and it's so crazy because with what you've mentioned, you know, especially in the visual arts, this is something that's really difficult because it's like, you know, we want to please our audience. We want to, you know, inspire something from them, you know, even if we're present or even if we're, you know, not present, we want to be able to make them feel something. And what's really interesting is that that with what you've mentioned I feel like that's something that's across the arts yeah no definitely I think you know at a certain point you're you're like you want to be able to express the things that you are feeling or you know the what makes sense for the the context of whatever you're doing but at the same time like for example if you're sitting and you're trying to figure out, you know, how can I make this more accessible and everything like that? Are you going to play things from uh, a classical repertoire? Are you going to try and cater to people and play some of, you know, things that you would hear on the radio or things that are more, you know, what people are listening to on an everyday basis? In my terms, it's like, am I going to necessarily be Am I going to always be doing portraits? I don't necessarily always want to do portraits. <laughs> you know, after a while, you're like, I kind of want to do something different or I want to I want to convey this this different sort of emotion. Maybe I want to work and do some like landscapes or some plein air sorts of things. But it's like, do people want to do that? And as an artist is the question becomes, do you cater to what 
the audience wants or do you, you go with what is in your gut what you want to express and hope that you can convince the audience to come along on that journey with you yeah and these are you know definitely great questions and these are also questions that i ask myself too you know in regards to what do people want you know because at the end you know we also have to think about you know, the value of our art, how do we place the value and, you know, putting a price tag on it, even though that's sometimes really uncomfortable for us to do. So in regards to, you know, when you create your art, in regards to, you know, the process and, you know, being able to say, this is what I believe it costs. How do you go about it? I'm just curious. I think our listeners would really love your thoughts on this. Yeah. So I think that in terms of placing you know the value of your art you have to at at least the way that I think about it is that I'm like first and foremost I have to play I'm going to pay myself like a base amount whether that's like 15 20 25 whatever else right so I start with that base amount per hour of work that I've done and I multiply that across however many hours it took to do that but then you also have to consider the materials that you've used as well so that can be materials like your brushes more probably you're more thinking your paints and your brushes and then you're also thinking of additional costs like shipping cost packaging and if you're mailing out artwork you're also thinking about things like insurance as well and placing that on the price as well and after putting all of these things together I think at a certain point, then you're like, okay, yes. And if you're doing commissions and things like that as well, then if like, let's say someone, you, you work on this piece and then the the client is like, oh, I want you to change this. Having those stipulations in your contract that it's like, okay, if you ask for specific changes, this is the amount for like these specific changes that you may ask for after the fact or after like I've already started the process. So I think part of it is really just being mindful of your time and also like not undervaluing yourself. At a base, I think every artist should pay themselves at least minimum wage, you know. But you know, especially with things that you're able to do, I think there's an there's an element of being able to be like, yeah, I I can pay myself a little bit more because what I'm doing isn't not, isn't something that someone else can necessarily do. And even if it is something that they can do, they haven't done it. You did. And you're the one who's pursuing it. So putting value on, you know, materials. And I think especially, especially being very mindful of your time. Yes, because time is really precious, you know, and a lot of the time people say, well, it's not difficult to produce X, Y, Z. And, you know, it's like, no, it is because it takes a thought. It takes, you know, time to sketch out the idea. It takes time to make sure that you have the materials that you need, you know, being able to, you know, use the technique, you know, because be, there it requires technique to make meaningful art, you know, and art that not only that you feel good, but also, too, that the client is really appreciative of, I think. That's that's really important. And the thing, too, is you also have to consider if, at least in a visual arts standpoint, if this thing is going to be a print versus 
if they're getting the original piece in and of itself. With a print, you can kind of you can kind of mess around with the prices being a little bit lower so that it's more accessible so that more people can buy it. But when it's the actual original, there's there was only ever going to be one version of this, you know, one original version of that. So that automatically becomes something that's very, very valuable. And I think that you shouldn't be afraid of, you know, pricing it in that way and thinking it up that way being like this is the only version of this thing that exists <laughs> you know and i think that we we don't necessarily always think about it in that way because we're like oh maybe this was easy to this was easy to produce or this was just a quick idea but at the same time there's also that element of this is a one of a kind object and being really mindful of the fact that it's one of a kind I was having a discussion with one of my family members and he was the, the big thing was talking about like technical ability and things like that. And it really came, what was really interesting about this conversation, despite this family member, not necessarily being a, a visual artist or anything like that. He was like, what it really comes down, you can be the most technical person, but what it really comes down to is creativity anyone can be an artist realistically, but it's your creativity that is the selling factor and is the main point and is the main characteristic of an artist, especially a successful artist. No, and I think it's important to have those discussions too with people who are, you know, not visual artists, you know, people who may not know. And what I love about how you handled that was, you were explaining to this person, you know, this is what it takes, you know, in regards to how to be able to produce art and making it so that, you know, it's not in a way that's like, oh, it's my art, you know, like this, or this is my, it's my music, you know, but being able to say in a very intelligent way that makes it so that they're able to listen. And it goes back to what we've mentioned before, the idea of being heard. And, you know, when we think about being heard, a lot of time people say, oh, one must yell. Uh, not really. <laughs> if anything, by yelling or increasing the volume of our voice makes it so that way we aren't heard at all. Right. But being able to do it in subtle and meaningful ways that makes it so we're able to connect with that person to help them understand. Actually, I think says a lot about the direction of you know, how we're, you know, approaching art, approaching, you know, whether it be in the visual, music, theater, you know, throughout all of the disciplines. So my question for you is, you know, with people in the visual arts or even the arts in general, what advice would you give to them at this point, you know, in regards to the field and, you know, what to expect? Yeah, I would say like my biggest piece of advice for specifically visual artists is to make sure that you are drawing or painting every single day I think and this is something that I also struggle with right sometimes you're just like I have no ideas there's nothing here you know I and I'll be honest with you there there was a year I I literally didn't paint for a year and my excuse was oh I have no ideas but I think that they're the just sitting and doodling and doing things like that can create so many 
meaningful sorts of sparks of things that you didn't even realize were possible. I look back at an old sketchbook. I had, I told myself I had no ideas. I looked at this doodle from a year ago and I, I had this huge idea for the, the next series of paintings that I want to do focusing on um, black men and like them being at peace. Very excited about it. But um, I think one drawing every day is really important and also trying to figure out where exactly in the art space that you want to do and also just going for it. I think that especially with being in a digital age and the age that we're in, there's like no excuse for you not to be able to like share your work and even make a living off of your work. There are so many ways to get your artwork out there. So I think the biggest thing I would say at this point is, you know, draw every day, but then also don't be afraid to put yourself out there, even if you're like, no one cares what I have to say, or this thing that I'm doing, will anyone care? The right people will care, and the right people, your work will find the people that it needs to find. No, and I, I think this is really great advice, and I think we're going to leave it on that note, Angie. I want to thank you for joining us today and for sharing your experience and thoughts with us. Look forward to seeing the amazing things that you continue to do for our community. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you for supporting the show by listening and sharing with your friends. If you liked this podcast, please rate and write a review of how the show has helped you. This will help us be able to increase our visibility nationally and in being able to make an impact on the profession. If you would like to hear more about any specific topics, please email us at info at themodernartistproject.com. I would love to help support your community in all artistic disciplines. Thank you.